0: Guys, I know going to the dentist sucks. It's something I hate to do. It, there's like a million things I'd rather do than go to the dentist.
1: In fact, I haven't done it in many years.
0: <laughs> That's how much Brendan hates going to the <laughs> dentist. But right now, head over to the Green Mountain Dental Group, schedule a cleaning, X-ray, and exam with them. If you haven't been to the dentist in a while, they'll give you a free Sonicare toothbrush just for coming. It's a great deal. Great deal. Green Mountain Dental Group treats you like family. They even send you a birthday card
1: on your birthday. How awesome is that? That's actually really dope. My parents don't even do that.
0: (laughs) They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. Guys, I know it sucks. I know going to the dentist is nothing that we want to do, but Green Now Dental Group, they make it worth it. You get a free Sonicare toothbrush if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Hit them up today. All right, welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind and Brendan Vote here, coming to you after this Nuggets win over the Minnesota Timberwolves 128-116. We are presented today by Illegal Pete's, as always.
1: Mm, I love Illegal Pete's, man. Four
0: days out from the DNVR Nuggets watch party. This Friday, against the Clippers, 8.30, late
1: start. Blake Street Tavern. I'm hyped, man. I'm hyped for this one. I absolutely can't wait. I have a really sneaky feeling about... Not just that game, but the whole week. I'll save it for half court Heave Harrison, but I think you're going to want to be there Friday night at Blake Street.
0: Yeah, make sure to be there. Free Breck Brew for members that show up Friday at Blake Street Tavern. Easy. Done. You should be there already. I mean, they'll have the game sound on as always at our watch parties. Lower level tickets were given away. Ooh,
1: lower level tickets. DNVR merch. You want to be there for sure. Yeah.
0: Make sure you're there. RSVP, guys. Make sure RSVP. If you were at the Illegal Pete's One, limited space, as you guys know. So make sure to RSVP, get entered in for those drawings as well. Uh, can't wait to see everybody Friday. And, yeah, like Vote just alluded to, we're going to start doing something a little reoccurring here on our Monday show. We're going to call it our half-court heave. You guys, you guys may have seen us talk about you know, a segment like this before, but every Monday we're going to throw out a half-court heave, a prediction for this coming week. So we've got two games throw out a prediction for... Three if you want to count the Sunday game. Three if you want to count the Sunday game. Who do they play on Sunday? The Raptors. The Raptors at home, right? Mm -hmm. So they've got the Pistons on the road Wednesday or Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. They've got the Clippers on the road on Friday and then the Raptors on Sunday. Send us in your half-court, heaves, guys. What do you think is going to happen this week? Get
1: bold with it. Yeah, a bold prediction, if you will. You're rocky. You're at half-court. Your back's turned to the basket. You're pretty confident you're going to sink this, but... The odds are still against you. So what do you got for your half-court heave this week? Nuggets are going 3-0, and Harrison. Okay. They've got a, a road win over the Clippers. They're going to take care of the Raptors in Denver. It hasn't looked pretty out of the breakthrough two games, but I think they're they're getting closer, and I think we're going to see the Nuggets at full strength clicking, firing on all cylinders, 3-0 and this week.
0: So my half-court heave, I agree with you. I think they could go 3-0. My half-court heave is that Nikola Jokic is going to shoot better than 60%. Wow. In these next three games, he shot 11 of 14 from the field tonight. But other than Mark Gasol in Toronto, think about these bigs that he's going up against. The Pistons, I don't even know who their big man is now, now, now that Andre, Andre Drummond's a gone. A bag of potato
1: chips that they traded him for. <laughs> Avika
0: Zubac, he'll eat him alive against the Clippers on Friday. The Mark Gasol one could be tough, but I've got Jokic shooting better than 60% from the field here over these next three games
1: i'd say that's pretty hot but the man's on another level so it it all seems on the table when it comes to Jokic.
0: yeah so send us in your half court guys Uh, let us know what you think bold prediction uh for this week we'll read them on tuesday's show i mean let's start let's get into this game now brendan 128 116 over the minnesota timberwolves I feel like the big storyline coming into this one, of course, was Malik Beasley. Sure. Wancho coming back for their return to Denver just a couple weeks after the trade. Thoughts, impressions about what they did tonight?
1: Uh, I thought it went kind of as expected. Um, It looked a lot like Malik Beasley really wanted to win this game. Not surprising. I was in the Wolves' locker room after the game. He was in a better mood than it seemed like some of those quotes coming out of practice yesterday might have reflected. Um, He was mad they didn't win the game, but it was cool to be back in Denver. Uh, He seems like a guy who's really trying to step into an empty role without Wiggins in Minnesota as a guy after Towns that you can count on there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you could tell he really wanted this one. Wancho, not a great game, but who cares? That doesn't matter. It was just (laughs) great to see him back in Denver and uh, walking around the arena after the game saying goodbye to everyone from players to staff to security, just the kind of guy he is. Yeah, he gave away a jersey I saw. Shout out Serbian Hooker, at Serbian Hooker, the number one Wancho stand.
0: Yeah, getting the Wancho jersey. He did a lap through the Nuggets locker room after this one, sell it up to a couple guys, a bunch of staffers, a bunch of coaches, trainers.
1: Yeah, he's um he's a Nugget at heart, man. And yeah. Wancho wanted to play, and, and we wanted Wancho to get playing time, I think, as fans. But if it were up to Wancho, I think if it were up to us, it would have happened here in Denver. Yeah. No, let, let's go back to
0: Timberwolves practice on Saturday because – I was pretty intrigued just talking to those guys and kind of some of the quotes they had. So first of all, Minnesota got into town at day early. They practiced at Denver West High School. So a bunch of media went over there to talk to Wancho, talk to Malik. Wancho ha- had one of the more heartfelt media sessions that I've ever covered uh, as a journalist. Um, pretty much spoke for around two minutes straight, thanking the Nuggets, thanking the coaching staff, the front office, the Cronkies, for taking a chance on him in the draft four years ago and, in his words, making his dream come true. Hmm. It was from the heart. It was passionate. It was just so true, so wholesome. And um, it was eye-opening. Uh, it, was, it wasn't too surprising because like Wancho has said stuff along those lines throughout his time in Denver, but it just like felt so good hearing that from him.
1: It was a good reminder of you know you hear a guy maybe wants out that doesn't necessarily mean they have any animosity or ill will towards um the organization they're a part of it's It's so hard to find the right circumstance, the right situation for you, and these guys are young players who wanted playing time, so yeah, I mean I mean it makes a, he loved this organization through and through, and that shined through in that practice more than ever so then Malik talks as well. And for as A little different,
0: forthcoming and long-winded Wancho was, Malik was the total opposite. He was all business. I can't say that's too surprising. But the media gets led into Tim Verlo's practice. I mean, Malik is just locked in. He's doing wind sprints the full length of the court <laughs> and trying to get up to the altitude. I'm sure used to the altitude. And then um, he comes over and does his media session and he's just all business. No, I don't have any nostalgia or emotion coming back here. Uh, this is a business trip. doesn't matter what team I'm playing. But deep down, like you were saying earlier and watching him tonight, you could tell he wanted this one really badly.
1: He did. He knows it. We know it. He knows we know it. <laughs> <He did> it <laughs> yeah, that's a good at, point. After this game. Um, but, yeah, this is clearly a guy who had um, revenge on the mind. But, again, when I say revenge, and even going back, back to that quote, I don't think Malik necessarily harbors ill will towards Denver. I think it's an internal competitor who, look, I mean, he understood his role. He understood what they were building towards in Denver. But Gary Harris was playing over him, and Malik feels like he should be a starter. And so I do actually give a little credit to him, I think, as a competitor for just, no, turn the page. I'm in Minnesota now. I'm not a Nugget. I'm a Timberwolf. Uh, And I think he just thought it was was the right thing to say in the moment.
0: Malik and Wancho, two just— True competitors, but they go about it in completely, completely different, different ways. ways. So Wancho actually shed, shed some light on what happened uh, that game right before the trade was finalized, going back a couple weeks. The Nuggets and Michael Malone actually approached him before that game and said, hey, we're not going to play you. We've got a trade that we think is going to happen. We can't risk you getting injured and the trade getting called off. And Wancho was like, what do you mean? This is my last game here. I want to play. My trade value, I think I can boost it if I come out here and really fight for a win and and help us win. I want to go out that way. And so he somehow convinced Michael Malone, Tim Conley to let him play that night. Of course, he had a great game. Denver beat Portland by 23 points that night. He called it his great goodbye yesterday, which was just great. And then, um, you know, Malik, you could tell, you could just get some insight into his competitive nature by how he approached this game. And he had, what, two warm-ups today? Yep. One, he came in at like 11 a.m., got shots up, warmed up for another 30, 45 minutes, a couple hours before the game. So you could tell just that was just another little insight into his competitive spirit.
1: He wanted this one so bad. And he came into Minnesota. He's been playing very, very well at a really high level. I think that first game... He hit all those threes in the first half. By the third one, I think I saw Towns just visibly react like, okay, I'm going to start passing to this dude a lot. Mm-hmm. I think Malik just sees a real chance to to take his game, but also the way he's viewed within an organization to the next level. Um, and and he's been saying all the right things to the Minnesota media. Just a guy who I think is really ready to embrace this challenge. Malik wants to be a star, and he's a really talented player. So, Uh, Maybe it happens, man. He's been killing it. He's got the opportunity to be be a star in Minnesota. Exactly. He's going to have
0: the opportunity to put up a ton of numbers. He's going to have a ton of freedom, a super long leash. And I
1: get the feeling he's going to be in Minnesota for a while. Me too. I think it's going to fit. I think it's going to fit well. And and he might be that third peg with D'Lo and and Towns. Uh, That's a great role for him.
0: That is probably like the best possible role for him if he's just looking for production. Yep. If he's looking to score and put up numbers. I get the feeling talking to people in town from Minnesota, they're going to match like any offer that's love thrown him. his way. They love him, yeah. They want to keep him badly. Wancho, you know, we'll see. I think it's a good fit in Minnesota, um, but we'll, we'll see if he's a long-term piece there. Look, we know both those guys are good players. We, we knew that before the trade. The Nuggets know it. I think Michael Malone knows it. Yep. But it, it was just kind of both those guys needed a change of scenery. But I can't say I'm surprised with how good both those guys have looked
1: no and watching that minnesota bench tonight i've I've watched this team a lot since the trade they look like a, a group of guys that are trying to change the culture trying to change the general attitude and vibe remember brooklyn had that feel of they're just having fun together on the end of the bench every mm-hmm. game i think minnesota's trying to build that and, and just based off the way malik's spoken with his teammates and to the media over there it seems like he's trying to be a big part of that healthy culture so maybe something fun brewing in many and Honestly, dude, I am, I'm quite happy for Malik it's, and, and Wancho. It's cool to see.
0: Yeah, so tonight, a Wancho, like you mentioned, Brendan, really struggled. Yeah. Uh, two and nine from the field, got in foul trouble early. Minnesota was shorthanded, so he was playing some backup center, kind of out of place, did not have a great game. Malik, rough start. I thought Gary Harris really smothered him uh, yeah. for like the first seven, eight minutes of this game. Got it going a little in the first half, had an okay night. 17 points, 8 rebounds, 6-13 shooting. But the Gary Harris-Malik Beasley matchup was a lot of fun to watch tonight.
1: Beasley said it was like practice after the game tonight. Mm. Obviously, those guys went at each other all the time. Um, and, and Gary needed this one, I think, just in terms of his stock here in Denver. And so good game for him offensively. But as Malone said after the game, I'm not sure if Malik scored two points on Gary. So yeah. it, it was it was good. It was fun.
0: Yeah, Gary, like I said, smothered him for most of the first quarter, was really tied to his hip for most of the night, and it it was fun to see those guys go back and forth. Malik was talking a lot of trash. A lot of trash. A lot of trash to the Nuggets bench. They weren't
1: too concerned, the Nuggets. (laughs) Nah. Sometimes you respond, sometimes you get baited. I think the Nuggets uh, weren't too concerned with Malik.
0: Yeah, but a a big game for Gary Harris on the defensive end, shutting down, or, or not shutting down, but really limiting malik for the most part and then gary got it going offensively too a little bit two or three from three five of ten from the field a uh, three rebounds 13 points in 31 minutes are you seeing anything that gets you encouraged was or is this just one
1: game it's got to be more than one game just the sample size in the other direction is so large but yeah i mean two of three from three is encouraging um But, again, my concern is bigger than just making shots. I just still think there were some moments tonight where Gary catches the ball and it almost catches him by surprise. And he's just not sure what his next step is. So uh, until he seems to be playing with a little more conviction on that end, uh, I'll remain skeptical.
0: He had a couple nice finishes around the rim. Yeah, he did. Knocked in the couple threes, like I said. But, yeah, still had some moments where he just looks jittery with the ball.
1: Jokic had that one – full-court touchdown pass to him, that just should have been a dunk or a layup Mm. attempt, you know? Yeah, and and he hesitated. They did get a three out of it, but definitely hesitated. And it was his three. But, yeah, it was just that second-guessing thing where maybe two years ago, that's an automatic two for Gary.
0: Yeah. So we'll see what happens with Gary. Michael Malone said tonight that they know, I mean, we all know that for this team to be what they want to be, they need Gary Harris to get out of this offensive funk that he's been in for the entire season. I think he knows it. That entire locker room knows it. And I have a feeling deep down, like, Gary is pissed off at the year he's having. He might not show it, but I just get the feeling that, you know, inside of him, he's really frustrated with how he's played.
1: He's a quiet guy, but he has a competitor, and I think he expects more from himself. I Mm -hmm. agree.
0: For sure. So we'll see.
1: Maybe a step in the right direction for him.
0: 13 points, knocking at a couple threes. Man, if he can just get that three ball to go, it's going to open
1: up a lot for this team for sure Paul Millsap whipped tonight man he, he was so great good. our our just give him a little bit of time take from the other pod aged pretty well tonight nine of eleven from the field um, four of six from deep I, I was looking at the three-point shooting from Millsap early in the season and thinking is this an outlier is he overperforming he's been shooting the, the lights out from three all year mm-hmm. yeah four or
0: six tonight man he, he was great 25 points I believe that's a new <clears> season high Uh, It was 23 heading into this one. Only needed 26 minutes to do it, seven rebounds, so it was great to see him get off. Interesting insight from Millsap after the game. It says he spent a lot of time over the last couple of days watching film, Hmm. just of the nuggets of guys throughout the league, uh, just kind of keeping on his P's and Q's. I thought that was interesting.
1: Very on brand for Paul Millsap. Yeah. Paul Paul Millsap Millsap
0: is such a basketball nerd.
1: Exactly. He he is
0: such like a – wealth of wisdom but also an absolute basketball
1: nerd but it's good to see him maintain that offensive rhythm I mean that that word is a key word for a lot of basketball players Uh, namely Paul Millsap he's told me that several times was in such a good one prior to the injury so important to see him shooting well in a groove coming out of the gate for sure a lot more to
0: get into today we'll get to your guys' questions uh, in a little bit I want to remind you if you are a DNVR member Leave questions, comments on the podcast on thednvr.com. And that's where we pull questions from. So if you're a member, if you're not a member and you want to get your question answered, sign up for a subscription. I think it's the best money you can really spend right now around Denver sports. So I sign up for a membership and you guys can get your questions in on thednvr.com. The Strawberry Sky. The Strawberry Sky from Breck Brewing. If you haven't tried it, couldn't recommend it enough. Awesome flavor. It's light.
1: Great for any occasion. I usually hate fruity beers. Me but too. This is the perfect amount, I think. Yeah, yeah. really light. It, it just, it accents the beer in such a way. No, I'm a big strawberry sky guy.
0: Fellas, I know like there's this stereotype out there. We can't order fruity beers. Fellas. <laughs> but you can. I'm here to erase that stereotype. Real men drink strawberry sky. Yes, real men drink strawberry sky. Check one out today. Also, right now at Mile High Green Cross, if you sign up for their loyalty program, you will receive 20% off your entire purchase once per month. They are downtown, ninth and Broadway. Maybe the one of the best things about Mile High Green Cross, they have parking in the back. Parking is hard to come by sometimes in downtown Denver. They've got $99 pre-pack ounces, V3 hash oil bulk deals. Five cartridges for one hundred bucks. You can get in and out there quickly in just nine minutes. Again, sign up for their loyalty program to receive twenty
1: percent off of your entire purchase once per month. I don't think people realize what a deal that is. Twenty percent, a lot of people go into those types of stores, they buy in bulk. You just mentioned ninety nine dollar pre packed ounce. That's out the door, twenty percent off, right? If you mentioned DNVR, what a deal. Do not miss out on that. Take advantage. Yeah,
0: twenty dollars off that ninety-nine dollar pre packed ounce. Not bad. Not, Not bad, bad at all. All right. Back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Legal Pete's. Reminder, guys, RSVP for the watch party this Friday at Blake Street Tavern. She- Nuggets are taking on the Clippers. 830. We'll have free Breck beer, some free Strawberry Sky for members. Ticket giveaways, of course you guys can buy DNVR merch there. We'll bring a big supply because those shirts have been going fast at these watch parties. The Illegal Pete's watch party was so fun. Uh, I feel like this one could be a banger, though. I mean, Blake Street Tavern is huge. Friday night, late game. Let's fill it out, baby. Could get a little wild, I don't know.
1: I want to be packed shoulder to shoulder.
0: Should be a good time. But let's get back into this game here. What do I have next up on uh, my outline? Oh, the bench stagger. Mm. We got the stagger tonight. We were wondering if we were going to get it. Michael Mullen's pregame comments where he pretty much said that he wasn't going to play. Five bench guys together.
1: He's lied to our faces before, though.
0: (laughs) He, He has. I mean, he followed through. We got some Will Barton with the bench. We got some Gary Harris, some Jamal Murray with the bench. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, loved it. Seemed like it really worked well, too. I mean, it's a tough game to really evaluate in that sense because this is a team that's not great as it is. They're depleted, so that second unit's going to be stretched thin. But I thought it worked well. Really fun to see the return of the Monte-Jamal minutes. Those seem to go well, don't they? They do,
0: and I think it's an alignment that Jamal Murray really enjoys. Mm. Monte Morris can bring the ball up. It takes some pressure off of Jamal. It also takes some pressure off of Monte because both those guys can handle it. Uh, But Jamal can get off the ball a little bit, uh, run off some screens, kind of be the spot up guy. Uh, I think it's just something that both those guys really enjoy. Uh, So, step in the right direction there. And then, yeah, I mean, look, the Nuggets have tried to play five bench guys together a bunch of times this season. You know, they tried it last game, they tried it to begin the year. Uh, They tried it in the middle part of the season. It hasn't worked yet. It it, it hasn't worked. And I feel like it's a really encouraging sign that Michael Malone looked at what has happened so far this year and said, you know, maybe this just isn't going to work. That is what in an ideal world the Nuggets would have liked to happen. But I think we've got enough of a sample size now to know that it's probably just not going to work with – Mason Plumlee, Jeremy Grant, and Torrey Craig on the
1: floor together. Or at least without the firepower of a starter, a capable starter. I do think those three in limited minutes in the second half were a plus six tonight. Good point. But that was with Will Barton and Jamal Murray on the floor. Right? So it's a lot to at Monte can run an offense, but if you're talking about an offense that does not have any dynamic scores on the floor, a lot of shooting, it's a lot to ask a second unit point guard to manufacture points. Just different with Jamal and Barton out there, as you said, takes pressure off of him. So really important to hear Malone kind of reflect on that, speak candidly on what he got wrong. Um, he can be stubborn, but also more often than not, he finds his way ultimately to that right lineup combination.
0: Yeah, so that's a good point. I mean, I rattled off those numbers, like a net, the net rating of the uh, Plumway-Grant-Craig threesome uh, on Friday's pod, and it was not good. But yeah, like you said, if they have a Barton in there, a Jamal Murray it's in a there, different, yeah. that kind of changes the dynamic up a bit. So they'll have to have one of those playmakers on the floor with that bench trio going forward, and uh,
1: yeah, so we'll see. While we're on the topic, it should be noted, Monte Morris is on quite the run. This is the Monte of last season, I think. We've seen it for an extended stretch now. 6 of 10 from the field tonight, 13 points, 6 assists, 1 turnover, uncharacteristic. Uh, Yeah, it's huge to have a a in-Monte-we-trust type of player again. And another first quarter, end-of-first-quarter bucket. I think he's third in the league now, end-of-first and third quarters. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just shout-out to Monte, who's been playing much better, um, and and that's that's obviously key. Definitely.
0: And then we'll just get to the elephant in the room right now. Michael Porter Jr. plays 9 minutes and 42 seconds tonight, got what looked like a regular first-half stint, I think played about seven minutes or so, a little over seven minutes in the first half, and then did not get back in the game until really garbage time. The last couple minutes of the game, Look, I don't think this is something that's set in stone. I think Porter's minutes are going to gradually climb here. Uh, he has looked a little rusty. Um, he, he does seem like it's taking him a little bit of time to get his rhythm back that he had before the injury. But look, I don't think that is an excuse to cut his second half minutes like like what happened tonight.
1: Didn't we spend the first half of the season learning the value and allowing him to play through that stuff? The, the, the leash was extended prior to the injury. And he took off, and so yes, it, he has not been good in these two games. That should that needs to be pointed out, um, but that because that's because to me he looks like a guy who's worried that if he does anything he's going to get yanked. It's just it's so I get it. Like it, this game in a vacuum they won by twenty. Like I'm not going to criticize Malone, but it's not in a vacuum now. We've got X amount of games left. Was it 25 games left to figure out what this playoff rotation looks like? It needs to include MPJ in my opinion. And Michael Malone saying after the
0: game tonight that if D'Angelo Russell would have played, Tory play. Craig was probably going to play. Like Malone didn't say this verbatim, but he said Tory Craig's role would have been bigger. Yes. And Tory Craig played nine minutes tonight. D'Angelo Russell plays. Tory Craig's probably playing 25 minutes tonight. Yeah. Who knows what that means for MPJ?
1: Yep. And it, it, it's, look, Malone said explicitly that MPJ will be a part of the playoff rotation. So. I'm going to try to I'll exercise my patience. I'm sure those minutes will climb back up. I just think once it got past the point where he was expecting 15 to 20 minutes a game, it just seems unfair to yank to yank the minutes again. I just it's I know he's a professional athlete, but it must be so hard to maintain confidence in that in that context.
0: Yeah, his confidence hasn't looked like it was you know, er, when he was in that rhythm yeah. before the injury. Yeah, he it's,
1: stopped thinking, right? Didn't he just get, to, he was shooting, he was playing hoops. He's thinking again, man. And I, I think that's concerning. Yeah. So
0: Malone saying pregame that, you know, just reflecting back on Porter's game against the Thunder, A, he said, I don't know if his ankle is at 100%. B, he said that Porter has to learn that whenever a play gets called for him, that doesn't mean shoot it. Um, to make a play for others. To know that within the Nuggets offense, if you get off the ball, the ball is going to find you. And so I took that as a big reason why MPJ only played three minutes in the first half against OKC. I don't think that was necessarily the reason he didn't play in the second half. Like, Yeah, he is rusty right now. He did not play great in that first half, but you know he wasn't selfish or anything. No. I don't think he took really any bad shots or anything i mean he was one of four from the field pulled in three rebounds um and like i said i think it will correct itself i think his minutes will rise but um i mean there's 25 games left to go and something that the nuggets have to prioritize over these final 25 games is getting porter back to the level he was before the injury that is so important to establish before the playoffs start
1: I mean, what's one of the main things you can point to? What might be different in this year's playoff run? Michael, Michael Porter, Porter Jr. They have the
0: same team <laughs> other yeah. than Jeremy
1: Grant. But they have a 6'10 guy who can shoot 40-plus from three. Yeah. He needs to be confident and in rhythm. And where this team is
0: as a three-point shooting team tonight, what would you guess they shot from three tonight? 30. If you're not looking at the box No, score. I'm not.
1: 30%. I don't know what the – 36.7%.
0: Um, but they were red hot in the first half, cooled off a lot in the second half. And um, for this team to be an adequate three-point shooting team in the playoffs, they need Michael Porter Jr. to be an absolute threat from three-point range. They need him playing 20 minutes a game and to be like a 40% shooter right. because you know they don't have a ton of reliable shooters right now. They've got Paul Millsap. Maybe Gary Harris can turn it around. Jamal Murray, 2 of 8 from 3. That's a great sign that he's continuing to take a lot of 3s, even though he didn't make any tonight.
1: But they need Porter to be a big threat from 3. And as we said on that that bonus show last week, it's not just about a guy who can make them. It's about a guy who forces the defense to scramble, to close out, to, to just open up the spacing. He is that guy. Yeah. So we'll see. I think Porter's minutes will increase here,
0: but it does seem like it could be a little situational.
1: Yeah, it seems that way and I look, I'm not a coach. I'm I'm far I'm not even close to a basketball expert. But I it just seems to me to be a mistake to be messing with this kid's confidence and rhythm. Um but who knows? Maybe I'm not factoring in the health thing here as much. I, I don't know. I mean, it should be an absolute priority to get this guy back
0: into that rhythm he was before the playoffs. That, that might be priority number one, that's to be quite saying, honest.
1: That's what I'm saying. So I don't want to – look, They like we said earlier, I, I know this gets exhausting. They won big. Yeah, I mean that is the story to me. Why? Why at this point are we still trying to figure this out? I mean just looking ahead to the rest of this week, the
0: Pistons, that seems like it could be a Porter game. But the Clippers, that seems like it could be a Tory Craig game. Right. And then the Raptors, I mean I don't know. That could be a Tory Craig game
1: as well. So, I know it's lo- it's it's looking a little bleak but I guess like you said I, I, you you have to think that the minutes will creep back up to where they were and um, I don't know Malone can only say one thing and do the other so many times I guess
0: all right I want to get to you guys questions first though here's a little inside basketball here at Pepsi Center in the press lounge we get free coffee yeah it's i
1: I'm not real- gonna say it's the best coffee in the world but it's coffee but it's free <laughs> But it's
0: coffee, and it's free. They do take it away, though, uh, after the game ends. I could really go for a cup right now. Imagine if that was StravaCraft coffee, though. I
1: would, Imagine if that was Strava I would Craft. live in this place. I might spike it. I might spike the <laughs> Pepsi Center coffee.
0: Uh, right now, you guys can purchase StravaCraft coffee online for 20% off using the code DNVR20. You can also get it at a couple different coffee shops around town. Carbon Cafe and Bar, Drip Denver, Slow High Coffee, Blue Sparrow Coffee, and Max Market CBD is, of course, non-psychoactive. It's been known to help cure long-term migraines, decrease anxiety, help with arthritis, IBS, et cetera. Remember, purchase online for 20% off using the code DNVR20. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Illegal Pete's. Guys, make sure to get your half-court heaves in. Hit us on Twitter. Hit us up in the comment section if you're a member on thednvr.com. Give us a half-court heave, a bold prediction uh, for this week of games, and we'll get to it on Tuesday's show. Any other thoughts as we are wrapping up from this Nuggets win? I think, obviously, in the first half, there was no defense being played, but Denver locked in enough defensively over the third and fourth quarters. And I've said this before about this team. It's really tough in the NBA, and this goes for every team. It's really tough to play four quarters of just locked down defense and still – run enough effective offense to you know get into like the 110s if the nuggets can just be a team that you know plays average defense over you know, three quarters of a game and then just locks when in matters yep. in the fourth and i think they did that a little bit in the third and over the first part of the fourth tonight when they really pulled away that's
1: enough i think that's enough for this team and they were like that last year, too, a fourth-quarter clamp team. And you look at their defensive rating this year, which overall has been good. Um, but against the best offenses in the league, it's great. Mm-hmm. And I think that that fits into what you're getting at here, which is this team has, I think, a good – not only do they have a defensive switch, I actually think they have a pretty good feel for when they need to, just to flip it on. So mm-hmm. I agree with you. I'm actually looking at the Nuggets as a team um, who can play some formidable defense in a playoff setting.
0: Some other notes on this game. Jokic had just a walk-in-the-park type night. 24 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, a couple steals a couple blocks, 11 of 14 from the field.
1: In his sleep.
0: He did all that from about 3 feet away from the basket I don't know if he
1: sweat tonight, dude. It was so easy. It was a heavy (laughs) dose of Jordan McLaughlin and um, not – who, what was the, what's well, their center again? Nas Reed, Reed, rookie from LSU. Yeah, um, yeah, who had a nice game offensively, but yet yeah, that's not going to get it done against Yokich.
0: Yeah, the Minnesota Timberwolves, obviously, downtowns, down a couple other guys, D'Angelo Russell, but on the interior, just not a real intimidating front line. Um, Denver had, are you ready for this? Yeah. 76 of their 116 points come in the paint. That's good, right? <laughs> that's decent. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of symbolic of Jokic's night. Just got anything he wanted around the basket. Really, Denver as a team did. But, like I said, he goes 11-14 of from the field. And, um, yeah, that was probably a key going in for Denver. Just get the easy baskets around the paint. Like I mentioned earlier, Wancho was playing backup center for a time tonight. It's
1: not going to work either.
0: So, Denver did a good job taking – prioritizing scoring in the paint. Mason Plumlee was 4-5 or from the field. Obviously, all those came in the paint, too. Yeah, good job of Denver exposing Minnesota there.
1: Thousandth time that I've thought, "Hmm, quiet night from Jokic, and then looked up at the box score. 11 for 14. Uh, He he dominated, or I should say he was excellent, and if they needed him to dominate, he probably could have and would have, uh, but this game just didn't call for it. Maybe the weirdest part of the night, Jordan McCray, plays two minutes of garbage time and then just gets pulled. And he looked really upset. Can you blame him? No. And remember, Jordan McRae is a guy who, through not a, a lot of years in the NBA, is already a journeyman and a guy who's seen his role fluctuate and found one, found a significant role in Washington. And so, yeah, it's great to come to Denver, um, a team that's going to win. But but we brought this up after the trade. Not everyone necessarily wants that. A lot of guys want to play. Um, and so... You, It's one thing to have your role reduced to end of the bench. It's another to not even get to finish garbage time. So, no, I can't blame you.
0: Yeah, he was visibly frustrated coming back to the bench. Definitely had some choice words, I think, for uh, just on his way back to the bench. So, I don't think he was too pleased there. He was not thrilled. No. Yeah. But all in all, I mean, a win's a win. Minnesota's Pesky. You know, they can fill it up, but Denver wins this one, 128-116.
1: Yeah, I just think, recap, the two biggest storylines are um, what's up with the MPJ minutes and, and the the staggered rotation, which was successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's hit some questions before we get out of here. A reminder, guys, we want to hear your questions. We want to read them off of thednvr.com. So if you're a member, if you're a subscriber, leave them there, and then we'll get to them after the game. Apologize for the mispronunciation here, but... Vasily J.
1: Doroshki? Wow, I'm, I'm glad, glad you were on that one. I'm sorry.
0: He writes in, what lineups do you want to see when Jokic is off the floor? Would you change his minutes and what parts of the game he's resting at considering it's a close one? Very well-deserved break for Adam. He recorded like eight pods in five days after coming back. Keep the great work at the DNVR, and see you in Novi Sad this summer after the Nuggets win it all. <laughs> I would love to make a trip out to Serbia. That would be like... On I, the bucket list, for sure. I think
1: one might be brewing, man. I'll be honest. I think the DNVR field trip is going to happen. Stay tuned for that. Uh, off off the court, Jokic lineups. Do you have any thoughts there, Harrison? Well, I think we saw an improvement tonight,
0: an encouraging sign with the bench And I mean, if they've got Jamal Murray and or Will Barton out there with the trio of Craig, Grant, and Plumlee, that's probably good enough. Yeah. That's probably enough playmaking around those three other guys to uh, – just to – Keep their heads above water, and like I said, man, they don't need this bench unit to be anything spectacular. Yeah, they need this bench unit to play even basketball and let the starters take care of the rest. And I feel like having Murray or Barton out there uh, with Monte Morris and then the Grant Craig Plumley trio is good enough.
1: Sure, and I mean, I've, I'd ideally toss a toss a playing well MPJ in there. I think for Craig, if but
0: yeah. Cade Walker wants us to rank the top five most attractive Denver Nuggets. I don't think we're going to do that. Yeah, we're not going to do that. We will rate, like, the top five most attractive other things. Medium members? Like, maybe Bachelor contestants. Okay, yeah, that works. Medium members? No, man. No, you don't want to do that right now on the pod? Uh, M. Hendricks, 96, is it me or does it feel like Malone needs an offensive guru on the staff to take this team to the next level? He's a great coach but has never shown evidence of being able to put together a great offense, which seems like it should be pretty easy with Jokic. Feels like the offense has gotten slightly worse every year. Maybe my feelings were just exasperated by watching the Pelicans run a beautiful offense right after our offense, which feels like it has developed into a pick and roll slash wait for Jokic to create something. I just miss watching the ball popping. I mean, I would disagree a little bit. I think we've seen over the last couple of years when Michael Malone kind of loosens the reins a little, and he's even said this before when that happens is when the Nuggets offense flourishes. That's when the ball really gets popping.
1: Right, not so much a scheme, right? Or yeah. Anything. You just, no, the guys are just playing, making reads on the fly. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, I've had that thought, though, with regards to this question. I, I think the what happened when Chris Finch left and subsequently what happened in New Orleans um, would naturally kind of evoke that question. But I don't know, man. I mean, the assistant coach stuff I think is – is really hard to talk about if you're not on a team, in the locker room, on the bench. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if, if we're the right people to speak on the ratio of Malone's control over the offense versus Adelman's, et cetera. You know, it's, it's tough to evaluate. Yeah,
0: but what we do know is that you know, we've seen for the last three, four years when there's less play calls, and I know this from talking to guys in the locker room who, who have this sentiment. You know, When there's less play calls... The ball gets popping more and has been popping a lot this season. The Nuggets have a top seven offense, I believe, one that probably went up in ranking tonight. Um, But we just haven't seen the ball pop too much. We actually have seen it pop more, I think, when maybe when Denver's been down a couple starters.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh,
0: King and Duck writes in when looking at possible individual matchups in the playoffs, what one is sneaky, advantageous? And one that doesn't scare us but should. So, who is the team that you would most like to see Denver match up with in the first round, other than Memphis? Because Memphis is probably the clear run, right? They're the eight seed. Lakers are kind of yeah up on. Uh, I think uh, three four games right That's now. That's a good
1: question. I I don't want to see New Orleans. <laughs> um, uh, you know I think the Ingram matchup is kind of tough for Millsap. Would probably call for Grant. I know the Pelicans have won that regular season matchup a couple of times. Yeah, if the Pelicans
0: make it in, that'd be scary. I mean, Oklahoma City versus Dallas. Which one of those do you think is easier? I think I would lean Dallas just slightly, uh, ever so slightly.
1: I think it's Dallas. Um I don't think there are like specific glaring matchup weaknesses, right, that scare you versus OKC there's that element of, like, maybe not a matchup problem, but Chris Paul in the fourth quarter is scary, right? Yeah, I
0: think Oklahoma City has less guys overall that scare you, but I have a very hard time seeing the Nuggets being able to put the clamps on CP3 in a playoff series. I think Denver still wins that series in six, seven games, maybe five games. But um, I know, at least I think I know, that CP3 would have a ball in that series with – denver's backcourt even if gary harris can play a good defensive series i think cp3 would still give them a lot of fits
1: i think you'd rather play i mean ideal eighth seed is probably the spurs i think at this point if you're denver and you see the spurs again i think it would yeah, look if a lot it, yeah. a, if, if they were to make it which is not necessarily likely um but i think it would look a lot different than it did last year you know just a year later
0: so. yeah and then in terms of the really tough playoff matchups the lakers obviously the toughest I don't think the Clippers are as tough of a playoff matchup as I thought they might be. Kind of nervous about Paul George.
1: Yeah, kind of nervous there. Yeah, but this—I think the Clippers are probably the answer to the. There's a sneaky good matchup there for Denver. Mm-hmm. Just given, I mean, it's it's like the Houston thing that a lot of teams want you to try to post up on a wing an in a perceived mismatch. Um, but if you're Jokic, like it's it is a legitimate mismatch, right? So who who guards him in that series? Yeah,
0: the Jazz, I think, would be a very tough series, but they've played the Jazz all right this year. The Rockets, I don't know what that series would look it's like. It's
1: all theoretical, right? Yeah. We, we won't get a chance to see how this experiment looks versus Oh, Denver. that's right, because they're done with that they're done. series. It's really weird. Mm. I, th- I, I think Jokic destroys that Rocket sort of strategy of baiting you into these post-ups. Um, But do we know for sure? And Torrey Craig probably has to play in that series to guard James Harden. Oh, yeah.
0: Torrey Craig's playing 25 minutes a game at least in that series. So if
1: I'm Houston, that's the guy I'm doubling off of to make Jokic's life tough. So we don't know. It's all theory.
0: That could be a tough series for sure.
1: Or it could be a considerably better
0: one than it's been in years past. Good questions, guys. Keep them coming. If you're a member of thednvr.com, comment on this podcast on the site. We'll get to them on a Tuesday show. Anything else you've got on this win? Denver moves to 39-18. and 18. A good win. A win's a win.
1: Yeah. How about this? It was, we complained so much about the Nuggets not taking care of games they're supposed to win. Uh, they took care of this one.
0: They certainly did. Thanks for listening, guys. See you guys at the watch party yeah. on Friday against the Clippers. Blake Street Tavern. Make sure to RSVP. We'll be tweeting out that link a lot this week. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Got a feeling that it's going to snow again, probably this month. Probably going to snow this week. Definitely see some snow in March. Make sure to hit up Denver Rubber Company for all your snow plow needs. You can also hit them up for custom die-cut gaskets. Their materials are just incredible. Their materials are the same ones that are in the inside of wind turbines. They've got the highest quality of products. Like I said, custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, custom contract manufacturing, custom hoses, they can fit you for your snowplow on your truck, van, SUV. Call them today for any snowplow and needs custom gaskets, hoses, 1-800-259-0010 or drcfirst.com backslash dnvr and tell them who sent you.